Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner, where we discuss ways how we can better involve our teams for better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I have an awesome guest today. Her name is Jennifer. Actually, we'll call her Jen because we like to be a little bit more laid back on this show. Her name is Jen Pastikas, and she is the owner of How Winning is Done, and don't we all need to answer that question, and also the producer and host, if I remember it right, of the new podcast, Brave Women at Work. We need some brave men at work, too, but we'll talk about brave women at work. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. I'm really happy to be here. Well, not as happy as I am to, to finally have you on. Uh, but, you know, the, the first question I, I, I've got to ask is the obvious one. You know, how is winning done? I want to know. <laughs> so I got to tell you, Ken, how that came, that name came to the, the show or to, uh, to be is that I love um, the Rocky series. I love the Rocky mm-hmm. movies. And so uh, one of the quotes i think it was in the rocky, rocky balboa, balboa movie and if, it was yes, I, I, yes, I, yes, apologize, yes. I apologize for interrupting you because i wasn't going to go there i wanted to hear where that came from but yes i love that line and for those of you who have not seen rocky balboa i think it's technically rocky six it's a conversation he has outside his restaurant with his son and it is perfect anyhow apologize for interrupting you go ahead let's talk about rocky yeah, so um, that I love all those movies. You know, I feel like I've been the underdog a lot, you know, in career and that kind of stuff. And um, my dad and I used to watch the movies. Um, and so when I when I saw that line, I was like, Oh man, if I ever have a business, that's going to be the name of the business. So that that's how how winning uh, is done came to be. And I think that to answer your question, I think you know, is there a secret sauce to it all the way through? You know, no, I mean, you know, it's going to, I think it requires a lot of passion, a lot of sweat equity. Um, I think you make your own luck, or at least that's how I believe winning is done. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great answer. And I, I love it in the movie where, and I use this all the time is, you know, the world is not all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I say that too, Ken. If we if we hung out a little bit, we'd be speaking Rocky speak quite a bit. Exactly. Well, well I, I promise I won't go into Yo Adrian or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, yeah, I, I know you're I, I know you're a mom, and we'll talk a little bit about that. How many kids do you have? I have two kids. I have one, Charlotte. She's nine, nine and a half almost, and then I have a little one, Olivia, and she's uh, two and a half. Got it. Got it. Do you ever have a rocky conversation with either of them? Uh, No, I haven't introduced Rocky to them yet. I feel they're a little young, but in time, Ken, it'll happen for sure. It'll, it'll happen. All right. Well, let's, let's go back to uh, how winning is done in your firm. Uh, I understand you're an IPEC certified life and accountability coach. Uh, I've never heard of IPEC. You know, tell us exactly what that is and, and how you deal with and work with women professionals. Many of them, I'm sure, are moms out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so IPEC, um, the acronym is IPEC, is the name of the school. And it's uh, one of the bigger schools uh, in the U.S. for coaching certification. And the coaching certification, you know, <laughs> Let's say it's not for the faint of heart, like Rocky. You you got to you got to put some sweat equity in there. 
It's um, a nine to 12 month program. Um, so it's like getting another mini masters just on the coaching side and you have to do practicum in person and remote coaching hours. So it, it definitely was a labor of love. You got to really want to coach. And so I, you know, I've always felt like this part of who I am and, you know, what I feel like I can give to the world. And, you know, I wanted to focus on women specifically. So went through the coaching certification and um, my mom has always said, it feels like people have been coming to advice for your whole life where, you know, my friends would come to me when I was a kid and, you know, even in my teens. And I, I felt like I've always been coaching people. So when I work with women, um, I want to make sure that they understand what their values are. Do they have their own vision statement? I feel like women are always focusing, especially moms are always focusing on others, right? So, you know, you have your pre-mom life and then everything after. <laughs> and after you become a mom, it's like, you know, you're focusing on taking care of other people, taking care of maybe your business life or, you know, your corporation, you know, if you have a spouse or a partner, um, and then you kind of lose yourself in there. So I think that you've got to understand what your values are, you know, what's your vision for your own personal life, maybe your own professional life. Um, I think there are some mindset issues, of course, that I find and that we work on. And then maybe some practical skills, like, you know, there might be moms that are reentering workforce, you know, need to know how to interview again, or they don't know how to ask for a raise. Um, and I feel that it's been really interesting because I've had to fight for every step in my career and it hasn't been easy. And I've been able to get to that, you know, that senior management table. I've had a lot of experiences along the way that allow me to want to give back in this way. So at a high, higher level, that's how I work with women. Well, from that standpoint, um, as we joked about before I even pressed the infamous record button, um, and to surprise our audience, I am not a mom, um, <laughs> <laughs> which may or may, uh, what, one part that may be a surprise, I don't know, uh, I am also not a parent, I've, I've never uh, had any children and have no plans to at 51, that ship is, has sailed per se. Uh, but being, you know, ignorant, not stupid, just simply ignorant, I wouldn't know, you know, what are, and, and how are the challenges different for a professional woman, possibly before being a mom, and then after being a mom, you know, from, I mean, there's the yeah. obvious of having a child, but how does, how does that change? Because you've obviously gone through that. Yeah. I have no problem sharing it. I actually talked to a lot of women about this just recently. Earlier today, I talked to someone about it. So um, when I was, I'll just give you my personal example. So before I had children, it was like very work focused. I've always been type A driver, really ambitious, you know, drive, drive, drive. And, you know, it showed as I was kind of getting promotions in my career, next up, next up. And then I had a child and I, can, I, I will be honest, I mean, and I don't mind sharing, I had some, I had postpartum anxiety that I didn't know it went undiagnosed. And so I was kind of having this anxiety of like, how do I rectify, you know, being a mom, leaving at five and still being a driver? And no one actually ever teaches you that. It's kind of like, uh, how do I put this new role in that's kind of life defining being a mom and still be an awesome employee? And I didn't want to be um, a, cl a clock puncher, you know what I mean, by saying like, hey, I'm just going to clock in, clock out. I've never been that type of employee. So how do I rectify, you know, I see some of my colleagues that all of a sudden they downshift and they kind of lean back. You know, there's a real famous book called Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. 
there are so many women that either lean back before they have children or lean back after they have children, just because they learn quickly, they cannot handle it all. And so I was trying to rectify, how do I navigate those waters and still be successful in my career and also be really present and, you know, quote unquote, good mom, a present mom for my, my kids. Right. Right. You know, I've, We've had the privilege of having uh, a lot of sharp professional women like yourself on this show, and I always appreciate the dynamic because not being a woman and not being a parent, yeah, I couldn't fully understand that aspect, that aspect in the workplace. But from a, a positive angle and also going to the main theme of our show, which is involving your teams, do you think that instinctively moms have a better instinct or mannerism to involve people better in the corporate space? Or is that a hindrance in yeah. some way? No, no, no. I think we learn, um, well, you know, if you weren't a delegator before being a mom, you will be an absolute delegator after being a mom. Um, <laughs> so because you just realize that you can't do it, all of it. You can't do everything, you know, yourself, nor should you, right? So you start delegating, you know, at home if you can. Um, there are women that still struggle with that. But I think, you know, that we're getting more and more equal partnership um, and partnership at home. You delegate to your teams at work. You start learning maybe what you do and don't want to tackle. Um, you know, you start saying no more. And if you don't, then you burn out. And then, you know, once you recover from that, then you learn anyway. So I say learn early and often and, and delegate and work with a team um, as much as you can, because I think that will be your saving grace. Yeah, in the it's been a while since I managed a team as an executive, but I've uh, had the pleasure of having some mothers that you know were professionals on my team, and I've had more than one tell me uh, that they they went through this is almost a direct quote of they they get into this I can't have it all. Um, type of mode, you know, I can be this great mom, this great professional, this great wife, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Is that, is that thought still around? Or has that been kind of shot somewhere along the line? <laughs> um, no, no, I think it's very much still real. So, you know, and I don't want this to come off sounding that I'm, you know, blaming uh, baby boomers or, you know, other generations. But I think that, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. So I was taught to believe growing up that I could have it all as a woman, right? So I've been darn trying, right? And um, there's an article in the Atlantic, it was a long time ago, um, there's an author, Marianne, or Anne Marie, I think Anne Marie Slaughter that says, you know, she basically defines that you can't have it all. And, she, and it, I wouldn't tell anyone to go look up you can't have it all in, in the Atlantic, because it's a really fascinating article by a woman about how women can't have it all. And it's a lie. So I think that it's about choices and saying yes to what really lights you up. And, you know, what's the yes really in your intuition and your heart and what's the no and being okay to say no when it's it feels like you know, a no. And I've struggled with that. I think that, you know, we want to be all things to all people, but it's just, you know, everyone has got 24 hours in a day, right? So you got to throw some sleep in there. You got to eat, you got to take care of yourself. So I've had to learn how to say no to things that just didn't light me up. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I think that's good advice for everybody. Um, you know, I'm even going through the mode of, you know, not being a parent in the last three to six months of, all right, you know, what, what doesn't light me up and what's not mm-hmm. making me money? Um, frankly, mm-hmm. you know, if it's making me a lot of money, but not lighting me up, then, you know, we need to kind of look at that and see how we can light this up. Cause if there's no passion, there's mm-hmm. no purpose, uh, much like you said of having a vision, you know, even as an individual, um, and if it is lighting me up, and not making me any money, then it may be okay, but let's figure out a way to, to, to fit that into the schedule properly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, or if it's not making you money, but it lights you up, maybe you, you know, you add it into the schedule, but it's not, you know, the whole schedule because we all got to eat, right? We got to feed our family. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard that before. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you know, here we're, we're, we're taping around the time we're, we're supposedly getting out of this pandemic. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, a, a new variant won't, you know, crawl up our backsides or anything to change the trajectory, at least you know, the, U, the U.S. is on. Um, so I would assume there are a lot of professional women that are mothers that are, are getting out of, hey, you know, I can actually stop, you know, homeschooling seven days a week, 24-7, and begin getting back into what was my mm-hmm. professional role before. A, are you seeing that? And B, is there some type of advice or guidance that you, you're giving your clients in that mode? So I'm still in a remote mode uh, myself. So I think it depends on where you are in the U.S. I think it depends on, you know, COVID numbers and where you are. And I think it's your personal philosophy. And one thing that I've been trying to tell people I work with is just to be compassionate with yourself. So I've got friends and clients that are on different ends of the spectrum, some that are hyper uh, aggressive and, you know, want to get back out to work and, you know, want to do that thing. Some that are more moderated, I would call myself more moderated. And then I have some people that are hyper conservative still. And I think that it's, I, I would just say, you know, be, be compassionate with yourself and, you know, like trust yourself because you know, what's right for your kids. You know, what's right for your family and don't let anyone tell you different is what I would say there. And as you're easing back into work, I think that work itself is going to be a whole new ball game. This is just my personal opinion. Sure. I think that the changes are, you know, here to stay, or I just don't think we can go back to a traditional nine to five um, environment. And if we are in a nine to five, I think it'll be a nine to five with a modified, hey, I'm going to work home one day a week, or I'm going to work at home two days a week. I just, I think that it's going to be more of a flowing type of a style rather than a you know, like I said, like a punch in, punch out. I mean, didn't didn't the in, in, uh, nine to five start with the industrial revolution or something crazy like that? I think it's, it's about time. It's high time. <laughs> yeah, it's high time to modernize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I think, you know, moms or not, uh, I, I, I think that a lot of businesses, and rightfully so, are trying to be flexible where they can. Now, you know, if mm-hmm. you're if you're if you're working as a waiter and the darn restaurants open from six to twelve, well, you know, you ain't working from home. <laughs> yeah, there are mm-hmm. certain there are certain positions where they just simply don't lend themselves to that flexibility. Right. Uh, but others do, you know, in that, you know, here's right. the de- here's the deadline, this is what needs to be done. 
whether whether you're working on it at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m., I don't care. But this is this is the product, the finished product that needs to to come out at the end. Right. No, I totally I totally agree with that. And I'm lucky enough that I'm in a business that, you know, I can work whether it's 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. And I feel for all of the employees out there that either lost their jobs or, um, you know, were working in service industries that they just didn't have the luxury and they had to, uh, you know, they had to do what they had to do to survive. So, yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. Right. Right. And I, and I sincerely appreciate the advice you're, you're giving and the approach that you're taking with a lot of women professionals who happen to be moms, because I think that, being an outsider from that circle, if you will, that yeah, a mom needs to talk to another mom. I think when it's coming from another mom, they they have a tendency to take it more seriously. Um, I also think I've I've observed from afar that there's this thing called mom speak. <laughs> I even yeah, I, I I hear it in a collaboration group I do where there's a couple of moms where they're saying things. I'm like, what? It's like, no, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know about you know Hot Mess Express. I'm like, I really <laughs> never heard that before. Uh, even a pod, even a podcast I'm about to cover for Podcast Magazine is done by two moms, and I I hear them speaking, and I'm thinking, you know, I I know that mothers listening to this get it. <laughs> But maybe I don't. Is there even is there a secret mom speak out there that is, is, is there like a uh, Rosetta Stone or something that I could take? Oh no, I, I don't think there's a Rosetta Stone for moms. I think you have to learn a whole new like language. You know, I've got a two and a half year old, so I mean, talking to a toddler is like a whole nother. I mean, it is another language. Um, so you're having you're you're always like, what are you saying? And they're like, you know, so frustrated with you because they're trying to tell you what they're saying. So yeah, no, I I don't know what Hot Mess Express is, so sorry, maybe I don't, I need the Rosetta Stones too, but um, I do think there is a whole other language you learn when you become a mom, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I had that same experience that you were talking about uh, with your child, but that's uh, before I stopped drinking. Uh, but anyhow, we're not going to talk <laughs> about that, at least not on this show. Uh, but you have a podcast, uh, I believe it came out recently, and it is- January. Brave January. So yeah, just a few months ago, it is Brave Women at Work. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I think everyone, um, I don't know what it was, maybe you picked up guitar, maybe you pick up, you know, singing lessons in 2020. Everyone was like (laughs) picking up something, right? Something weird. And so um, I've always listened to podcasts, love podcasts, and I've been a, a guest on a couple shows. And then I um, podcasted with someone else in, in the credit union space, actually. And I know you do other shows on that um, in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then, um, so I decided to kind of go on my own after I kind of got, uh, you know, schooled in podcasting. And that person was really, really great, uh, kind of a teacher for me on that. And then that's when I started Brave Women at Work, just because I was really motivated to help women in this way. So, so what do you cover on Brave Women at Work? And can men even listen? Will we get anything out of that? Or yes. is it just, or is it just, yeah, no, can, I, I can, can, so. can uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Unbrave. What's, what's the synonym, what's, what's the synonym for unbrave? Can meek women, or excuse me, can meek men listen to it and learn something yeah. about brave women? <laughs> yeah, I think so. 
I've actually had um, a couple of men um, send me messages in LinkedIn, say they've yeah, you know, done walking lunches and listened to my podcast, actually. So yes, all, all men, both strong and meek men can listen to <laughs> Brave Women at Work. Um, I've only done, well, I, about 12 shows have aired. Um, so, you know, not tons, right, including the intro. But I've recorded about 20 and um, it's all, you know, it's all over the board. But yes, I think that anyone listening that's in any type of business or, you know, whether they own a business, run a business, um, I think they're life skills that I'm sharing. So I just did one on owning the room. So when you walk into a room, how do you share your ideas with power? You know, so you don't come in like, you know, let's use the word meek again. And then you're kind of just sheepishly sharing and then you walk out and you're frustrated, right? Versus coming in with some power. And really, you know, getting your idea across. I've talked about interviewing. So I know a lot of women, let's talk about women again, are looking for jobs right now. Let's say they lost a job and they were in the service industry. How do you apply for a job and, and, and interview for a job when you haven't interviewed maybe in, you know, a year or, you know, 20 years? Um, asking for what you want is one final example. I think a lot of women don't get what they want in their careers because they don't ask for it. And we're not taught, right, as, as, as kids. I don't know on, on the boys' side, but the girls are typically not taught, right? So, you know, it, it's a proven, I think there's a study out there that, you know, most girls when they're in school won't raise their hand because if, if they don't know the answer, whereas boys will kind of more, they're more apt to, you know, be like, I, I kind of half know the answer, so they'll raise their hand. That's just the way we're taught as kids. And that applies when we're asking for stuff in the boardroom that, you know, when we're in meetings, when we're, you know, for, for you know, with our bosses, all that stuff. So, those are the kinds of things that I've covered so far on the podcast. Nice, nice. And congratulations on that because in my work with Podcast Magazine, I think, and I, I don't remember the source, so I may get this wrong. So as people listen to this, don't hold me to this, but I think it is on average, a podcast uh, produces six to eight episodes and then dies. Um, so oh, wow. a lot, a lot of, cause there's a ton of podcasts out there where there's only a few episodes and then people realize how that it's just, it's not just fun that there is actual work that need to be done and they, and they let the sucker go. So I think that once you get into double digits, even if it's just 10 or 11, you've, you've, you've crossed a very important milestone. So hmm. congratulations on that. Thank you. I didn't even know that. So yeah, I mean, I've heard that. It, I mean, I I will say I hired a podcast producer um, just because with me having a day job and children, I was like, there's no way I can do all this. Yeah. This so for anyone that wants to do a podcast, it is a lot of work. <laughs> so yeah. um, it definitely takes some sweat equity. So yeah, I definitely have someone helping me with that while I uh, record my my content. Well, in a couple of years, you know, your oldest child will probably be sharp enough and more technologically advanced than, than, than you or I, and, and she could probably, you know, produce the darn thing, and you could just pay her an allowance, like five bucks or something. Probably. Yeah, I probably could for sure. Be like, hey, can you just do this for me? Yeah, she, they, they all know the iPhones and the i this and the i that. Yeah, exactly. So do you have as... As things are changing into something that I get, I won't even say new normal, something that looks like normal um, over the next few months, uh, is there anything or is there a number one tip you might want to give those brave women at work out there? 
Um, I think that's a really, really good question. I would just say, um, I would go back to what I said before. I would be, you know, compassionate with yourself because you've gone through a lot. And I think that you, you've just proven that you can do anything, I guess is what I would say, because any mom that has homeschooled and worked at the same time, come on, like that is pretty amazing. And to juggle all that and come out the other side, I would just say, hey, be compassionate with yourself as you ease back in if you're going into a corporate culture. Maybe let's say you, you are now home permanently. Maybe your company has decided to put you at home. That's a whole other transition. But just know that you've just had your own major milestone, and that's called surviving last year. So uh, be thankful and you know, be proud of yourself. Yeah, and, and you may actually have to find those heels someplace under, under, <laughs> underneath the dress or something again. <laughs> yeah, no, no sweatpants. You can't do sweatpants forever. Yeah, exactly. You could. It just isn't always recommended. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> last question I have for you, Jen, is how can people find you out there, whether it's how winning is done or brave women at work and, and so forth? How can they better tap into your expertise out there? Yeah, so um, I have two websites right now out there. So um, howwinningisdone.com. So you'll see that website. And then I also, my new website, just for the podcast, so you can see all the podcast episodes out there, is bravewomenatwork.com. And that's automatically updated every week. So the two websites uh, I just mentioned, I am actively in LinkedIn if you want to come and find me there. And I do post content on LinkedIn. And um, I just started a Brave Women at Work uh, Facebook page. Nice. So you can look up Brave Women at Work in Facebook. And I'd like to start having conversations with listeners there. So if they want to kind of just dialogue about a podcast, you know, let's say owning the room, we can have an off offline conversation. So those are the places I would say to come find me are the two websites, um, Facebook and LinkedIn. Perfect. And we will, of course, put that in the show notes. Um, definitely all of you out there, whether you're a brave woman um, or especially a meek man, you probably can learn a lot a lot more. Um, seek out Jen and, and, how, <laughs> and how winning is done and as well as uh, brave women at work. But Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, and thank you to all of you who have listened to this episode of Cool Culture Corner, and here's hoping, as always, that you have a Cool Culture Corner at your unique business. Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btcinc.net and go to the Contact Us page. 
simply put in your information and in the comments all you need to do is put strategy session and we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15-minute strategy session to help your unique business.